Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Let's talk about sex, Jamie. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that may be. Let's talk about sex, Jamie. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that may be. Let's talk about sex. Hey guys, welcome to Vanilla Chats, which is a side mini-sode thing that we're doing alongside the regular Let's Talk About Sex Jamie episodes, where I chat with my guest host, Matt Smith, about all things vanilla. Now, I've been doing this sex podcast malarkey for a while now, and I've chatted to hundreds of people about their different kinks and uh, various aspects of like, you know, their sex lives and things that they're into and all that stuff. And through all of that, I basically had my mind opened and I've learned a bunch of stuff about the world of kink and, you know, it's just sex in general and what everyone can kind of be into. Um, and I started out as a very, what I would say, vanilla guy. And I, I'm still kind of vanilla, I think. But I feel like I'm sort of a step above vanilla, you know, like Madagascan vanilla. That's that's where I'm sitting. That's where I'm labeling myself. But anyway, I think that these conversations between people that aren't necessarily into the kind of kink world, the kind of, you know, that, that sort of scene are super important. And I think there needs to be more conversations out there between people who would classify themselves as vanilla. Um, and yeah, so the idea is that just gonna be me and Matt chatting about some stuff, you know, two guys that probably, you know, self-classify as vanilla um, and a bit inexperienced and naive in this world um, about the things that we're learning outside of our little, you know, usual bubble. So yeah, hope you enjoy it. If you do, let us know what you think on the Instagram at Let's Talk About Sex Jamie and yeah, share it with a friend. Uh, word of mouth is the lifeblood of anything creative and it really helps us get um, our kind of message out there and all that good stuff. So yeah, hope you enjoy it and chat to you soon. Love you, bye. Yo, how's it going everyone? You alright? I'm good, I'm good. I feel good today. I mean, I'm in quite a good mood. Um, today I'm chatting to Brett from the uh, Demographica Network. Um, some of you who've listened to the podcast already may know who Brett is. Um, he's been on and also will be, will be joined by uh, Matt Smith as per usual um there they are in the chat and yeah we're gonna be talking about men's sexual health our dicks that'll probably come up quite a lot yeah all that good stuff right matt's joining now here he is what an entrance and- <laughs> <laughs> look at the timing on that you're right i know i'm given i've got my notes my notepad and pen i couldn't couldn't could, uh not join without this i think brett's coming we're, we're in mate we're in hey. Oh. hey not quite as good an entrance as matt I'm afraid. Sliding in, sliding <laughs> in. How, how smooth was that? <laughs> Super smooth, yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. So, Brett, tell us a bit about the uh, Demographica Network. Well, we are a, an organization that um, tries to put young people at the forefront of conversations about politics and uh, social issues. Um, the goal is to, to – we felt like young people were disenfranchised um, – from politics and from uh, the media, and we, when we were at uni, me and Jack, who started the uh, the company, we felt like we needed a, we wanted a place to sort of express our views, but um, unfortunately there there weren't any, so mm. uh, we decided to do it ourselves. Um, but we obviously we don't just talk about you know politics. Clearly, we we also talk about stuff that are more taboo topics. Uh, we try and just generally encourage conversation about things that are uh, 
that don't have enough awareness around them or we, we you know, support basically. Worth talking mm. about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So I like that um, a lot of your kind of uh, topics and your, yeah, your content is kind of aimed at like the younger generation, right? Which yes. I think is super interesting. Yeah. Yeah. The age bracket is kind of like 16 to 25s, but give mm. or take, you know, we've had yeah. people write for us who were like 13, 14. Um, oh, wow. Surprisingly, uh, very, uh, good at writing as well you know mm. we've been surprised by how how um, um, how great the content um mm. we can produce with these with these young people is and particularly how well uh thought out their their arguments are and their ideas yeah that's awesome that's it's great really to cool. see yeah. yeah yeah so we um a little like peek behind the curtain we filmed a q a with you earlier um, yes. where you asked you asked people for um for questions about like men's sexual health and you know all that sex positivity stuff and um yeah it was some of the best questions i've been asked like doing this podcast it was really refreshing there were some really yeah. good questions in there um which is great for sure yeah it was so great to see that people getting involved and feeling like they can ask personal questions so yeah so look out for that in a couple of weeks time um yeah we put it on our channels then uh cool so yeah we um we did actually have one question left over right from that from that Q and A, which we were going to cover now, we did. Yes, yeah. I yeah. don't have it to hand. Do you have it to hand? <laughs> I can have it to hand. Yeah. If Matt fills the dead air for like ten seconds, I can. Hand. Yeah. No, I think it was. It was basically about why do men not talk about sex openly? Was yeah. that it? Yeah. Something like what, that? It's what, here. So, what are what yeah. are the factors that have caused mm. men to have such a difficult time talking about sex? So I really want to know this as a podcast host, uh, who's managed to get probably a grand total of five guys on the podcast in the last and four years. And then Brett like a hundred. Yeah. 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 Brett and you. Two, yeah, two of them exactly. are here. Yeah. Amanda's in the chat. Literally. You're like, everyone's here. Um, yeah. And I've had like over a hundred women, like easily come and talk to me on the podcast. Um, it really is a, it's a, it's a problem. It's a big problem, I think. Um, and yeah, I think that, Matt, for one, is 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 one person who very much um, encouraged me that this is a problem that needs to be kind of talked about more and tackled. Um, because yeah, we need more Bretts in the world. Basically, Brett, <laughs> you, you you reached out to me and said you wanted to be on the podcast. It was that it was that easy. It's that it's that kind of yeah. energy that is like you don't see it from other guys. Like you two both reached out to me, and yeah, um, no one else. No, it's really hard to find other guys that are doing that. Basically, so yeah, what do you guys think about that? It's such a shame. Yeah, I mean, it, I kind of noticed it when I was going through your podcast. Um, I mean, the reason I wanted to come and talk to you was because you were the only man that I'd found actually talking about it, right, uh, yeah. whether it be on podcasts or through books or whatever. That was um, why I started the podcast as well. We, I think we had that conversation. Yeah, I, I literally, yeah. I, I had the whole like, we should have a podcast moment that everyone has once in their life. Yeah. And I was like, no, you don't. You're already in a band. The world didn't need another band. And the world definitely doesn't need another fucking podcast. Um, so, so I went out and looked. And yeah, I found I found one other guy. This was four years ago. There's a few more doing it now. But I found one other guy four years ago who had a sex podcast. And I thought he was a bit creepy and not doing it for the right reasons. So that's why I started. But yeah, sorry, carry on. Cool. Yeah, I mean, that is also the issue. I was, I was concerned that if I went and looked for these kind of, uh, for men talking about sex, it would just be from a, uh, not so much of a healthy point of view, because I was in, in the process of reading sort of lots of sex positive uh, feminist books, and mm. um, they will talk about sex in such a positive way, but for some reason, men don't. I don't know. It's something that I've been thinking about a lot over the last you know year or so, because um, it, it's obviously, I think it shapes men's view of, or boys views of, of sex as they're growing up mm. <clears throat> and leads to this situation where 
men for some reason aren't really comfortable talking about sex with other men or if they do talk about sex with other men it's more in a kind of braggy yeah. way or the whole locker room thing that mm. you know um, yeah now totally. i only ever associate with trump but <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, yeah yeah no you're totally right um i think that e- even with the last four year four and a bit years of me recording stories for the podcast i only really got comfortable talking about sex with guys when i met matt like someone that i actually like we like basically all of our conversations are based around sex and they're super like mm. open and frank and i think in the way that i would talk to my girlfriends about it um yeah. you know like oh what about this position or this thing or isn't this weird that people are into this whatever um and yeah with guys it always felt like there was a barrier of kind of like competition up mm-hmm. um yeah which is really unhealthy speaking as a recovering sex addict is really unhealthy <laughs> it's, it's the probably probably the one thing that put me there you know i i i, I um my problem with sex was that that's where i got value from and you know all the conversations with guys if they're all about you know oh did you shag that bird and that's, that's as far as it goes like you know mm. you did it good that's the win that's the validation then that's why i'm in that yeah. you know that's why i got into that trouble so. Yeah, I, I saw so much of that at uni as well. Like that was where I first started. Obviously, I think it's where probably a lot of people uh, mm-hmm. properly start exploring their their sexuality or uh, what they like in terms of sex. But there's so much of that going on, especially in like the societies and that at university, where the, the whole point of going out is to get laid. The the rugger, rugger bugger, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, his his lacrosse girls. Let's go and everyone everyone's <laughs> hooked up at least once, you know. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And. I mean, for me personally, I always found sex just difficult to talk about anyway. Um, I'm not really entirely sure why. I'm mm. kind of, I, I was quite shy as a kid, so it probably stemmed partly from that, but also from it maybe being part. It, it's a vulnerable thing, talking about sex and about your, your tastes and that. And, I, and, and the question is why, right? Like, why, why is yeah. it a vulnerable thing, right? Yeah, and I was going to ask you, it's like, you know, it's, it's one of those things that, um, well, first and foremost, I mean, let's just acknowledge the elephant in the room, which is that our society, right? You know, we don't grow up in a society yeah. that's, that's very, I mean, I, I know some cultures um, that where, you know, it's very, very normal to be naked in front of your family, right? Uh, we're, in British culture, it's not, right? We just, we just don't yeah. have naked soreness and that stuff. So we're already born in a sort of like, I need to protect my private parts. And like, if you drop a towel, what's the first thing you do? <gasps> You know, like you protect your private parts because that's only for you to see. And then eventually you meet someone and then you're still nervous about them, he or she seeing it as well, because you don't know if it's normal or not. Right. And then you have sex. And, and I think not talking about sex and then feeling uncomfortable about it, it really much comes down to like, I don't want to give away if I'm doing it wrong. Or like it's, it's yeah. like the guys, it's like, you know, we, yeah. we, we, we're all walking around. We don't talk about sex because it's like guys with sex is like that. We're just all walking around going, I know I'm doing, I know I'm doing. I'm like, don't ask me, don't ask me, but I'm not doing. Yeah. <laughs> and if we don't talk, then no one reveals that we don't know what we're doing, right? It's kind of this, you know, uh, what's it like, consensus amongst men. Yeah, no, you're so right. And I think that, um, and Brett, you, you highlighted this massively when you came on the podcast and kind of told me about all of these um, sex positive books, you know, by yeah. women, for women that you, that you were reading. Um, yeah. And yeah, I just thought, obviously the oppression of female pleasure has been going on for centuries right centuries mm-hmm. and centuries and we've only just like let's say second half of the last century we only just started cracking it and you know really talking about female orgasm and stuff like that so all of this all of our energy has been going into you know promoting that and, and you know rightly so you know rightly talking about um yeah the clitoris and how female mm-hmm. orgasms actually do exist and <laughs> how to <laughs> yeah. you know how to help people achieve them um so yeah maybe it's time to you know have like a, a similar kind of 
um, push for men as well, right? Not not that men need, you know, to think about their own pleasure any more than they currently do, but like, <laughs> maybe, you know, maybe the kind of openness and having a conversation, maybe it's time for that, you know? Maybe we need mm. to start pushing for that because um, that's how everyone's orgasms are going to get better is if we all rise mm. together, yeah, right? All exactly. genders, um, for sure. But J- Jamie, that's exactly the point. Like if we spoke about, um, you know, right now it's so, and it's fantastic and normalized to say, yes, you own six vibrators, a wand, a womanizer, and you go and masturbate. That's awesome. You're incredible. And also coming back to the point about like, why is it important to learn about self-pleasure for men as well? Is because, you know, um, if we were taught and if we could understand at a younger age, when we first discover masturbation, like the 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 right and wrong ways to do it, or, or at least just the healthy ways to think about it for a long time, uh, for a lifetime of sex, right? I have this one theory, and we're going to confirm this tonight on this uh, on this chat, right? And this theory goes like this. Now, uh, and again, it's a beautiful comment by was it Little Wayne or some rapper when he says, <laughs> "I come and then I come to my senses," right? But think about that from yeah. a from a meta perspective. Honestly, like they, they've done studies, and I'm reading this book uh, called Sex Power Money by Sarah Pascoe. I'm still reading it. I've been reading it for months. I really need to finish yeah, it. Yeah, Brett, you were reading that when I last spoke to you. Yeah, I was. Yeah, yeah I yeah, think I you were the inspiration, yeah. mate. By the way, I think yeah. when I listened to the podcast, you were coming full circle. Anyway, <laughs> you know, they talk about how, like, obviously, men and when they're like about to, you know, getting close to ejaculation or aroused, uh, make bad, bad decisions, and also people in general do. You know, you kind of maybe do things, you push things too far or whatever, right? Yeah, but you think you're a dick, as they say. Yeah. Exactly, right? Yeah. Where, and, and that's an arousal on a night out. You, you, you act out of character, right? But no one's ever taught us. Like, I'm taught to how, how to control my anxiety with meditation, control my breathing. But no one says your libido, which can really fucking get you in trouble, right? If you're on that end of the spectrum and that, you know, um, that this is, this is how to control it. You work with your libido, guys. Understand that masturbation is important if you are on the higher end of the testosterone level and, you, you know, you have this urge all the time. Jack off before you go out. You know, simple things I feel like a lot of men could avoid some very awkward and un- out of character scenarios, even just fighting other guys because they're just in that, mm-hmm. I'm so much testosterone today because I <laughs> haven't masturbated or, or something like that. Um, I feel like we need to be taught to work with our testosterone. It's not mm-hmm. the enemy. Work with it. Harness it. Learn to control it. I've never been taught how to do any of that, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, the the learn to control it thing is super interesting because as part of my like addiction therapy, they I had to learn how to um, be horny and not masturbate, like not instantly link the two. So if like at night I was like, you know, I go to bed and I feel like I want to wank, I would have to like not do that, and it hurt, like it physically hurt to do that. Like it gave me like tummy ache, <laughs> tummy ache. <laughs> yeah, it gave me tummy yeah. ache. Um, yeah, like. Uh, I only said tummy ache because I saw a TikTok earlier. Sorry, quick side note that said we should replace the phrase blue balls with cummy ache. It was in my head. It was in my head. Um, yeah, and that was that was a hard thing to learn. Like you say, yeah, like to sort of control the libido and the urges is really hard to learn because we do we just learn, right? We learn from being teenagers that when you're horny, you wank, and that's it. That's sure. the line, you know. Jamie, I'm so glad you brought that up because sorry, Brett, but that's my second <laughs> no, point. Brett. That's my second point. My second well, theory. Tummy ache. No, exactly, yeah. No, my second theory is that um, as young men, you know, you, you're horny, you masturbate, obviously, when you can, right? You know, you tend to go through this phase of your life and you do that. And for me, if you're building up, you know, like Pavlov's dogs, right? So when they ring the bell, the dog's mouths salivate because they feed them. So they get associated the sound with that. Same thing for our bodies. We're training our bodies as men. Every time we're horny, we ejaculate. So I've had it in related relationships in life where I'm in a mature adult relationship. Yeah, I'm always the one who's like complaining about the lack of sex in our relationship, where it's because I'm so accustomed to 
And there's two problems here. One that I'm accustomed to ejaculating or, you know, when I, when I'm horny, I want it now. And that's just a bad habit that I've trained into myself because no one's taught me that, Hey mate, this is not reality. You're not going to get it when you want it. And secondly, obviously the stigma around men masturbating in a relationship, you know? So I'm sort of like, mm. I'm losing on both sides there. Uh, again, this is the point that this is about is to talk about things we need to learn earlier. Yeah. I was going to say in terms of uh, the masturbation thing, I think it's the, I think the, um, doing it for the end goal for the ejaculation is part of the unhealthy issue with uh surrounding male masturbation because that seems to be the only the only reason to masturbate there isn't when when i've heard like a, in fact i think it might have been in the sarah pasco book and also in the uh book by lucianne holmes that i was reading they talk about having a sort of self-love uh process Bef whilst they're masturbating they they like candles they play music they get relaxed they mm. touch themselves not their you know their genitals but the rest of their body they sort of caress themselves they wake themselves up i have never done that as a man i've only especially when i was a teenager i was only ever doing it for that end goal for the orgasm you just punch it till it wakes up and then you go basically <laughs> yeah and people get like super desensitized and have issues because they do that so much uh, and i think that's a big part and a big issue <laughs> behind um uh you know male um well uh, the unhealthiness of male uh masturbation and, and um the view that we have of sex basically because yeah we've got this unhealthy view of of yeah jack says in the chat back what bang one out yeah, yeah. even the even the terms yeah. are not I'll be, exactly... I'll be back in five minutes boys yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah it ties into so armando uh has commented saying there needs to be the understanding and acceptance of sensuality in male pleasure from men which yes. i think is basically what you're exactly. saying right yeah like yeah, it, yeah i guess it, on one hand uh, on one luby hand it's okay to just not one out and like have a you know a, a professional wank middle of the day to just like get like your mind off things but on the other side yeah it doesn't have to always be like that. it can be a sensual thing like you say mm -hmm. light some candles you know yeah. Um, yeah it shouldn't be so taboo at schools either in sex ed like I, I don't think i've ever heard anybody say that masturbation was touched on in there when they had sex ed and no. it needs that needs to be normalized more at least i know as a kid like, growing up i always thought it was super embarrassing and i hid it mm. you know pretty like yeah. I, was, I would yeah. not get caught i would make sure that i would not get caught and that I meant just, that i just walked around <laughs> <laughs> my mom <laughs> you're, a, you're a rugby player we all know what you're like <laughs> any any excuse to get out <laughs> yeah you're but, right but actually, i think yeah. the hiding it has carried on into my adult life even now when i've got my own flat and i live with my girlfriend you know it, i didn't shouldn't really need to hide it but i'm still like a pin drops and i'm like oh god i, I need to stop <laughs> so that yeah that's that ties into what matt was saying so with the whole you know masturbating in a relationship thing um there's a whole you know wave of people um, I like I, I think a scary amount of people that would see uh, masturbation in a relationship as not cheating, but like as a sign of you know a failed sex life in the relationship. Yeah. You know? mm. um, which is a really odd thing for me, anyway. Um, yeah, I, mm. I, I actually was speaking to someone on the podcast who uh, went a bit viral on Twitter because um, she she tweeted something about like, oh, you know, three months into lockdown, I'm I'm on my 500 wank or whatever. And her um, her partner broke up with her because of it. Because, really? yeah, he, he was like, you know, how can you go around telling people like on Twitter that you've been wanking? Um, and yeah, and she screenshotted it and put it on Twitter and it went viral. Uh, but, <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's obviously an extreme version. But like, yeah, I think yeah. people see it as that, right? 
What do you sure. what do you guys think? Like, what if you found out your partner was masturbating? Like, while you were in the flat, I know that my partner masturbates while I'm in the flat. Yeah, and she does it uh, quite a lot. From what she's doing it right now, she's, she's like, yeah, yeah, he's got, he's got an life. Got is that what that buzz is? <laughs> no, I one? mean with. We're both pretty open about the fact that we masturbate. You know, we've both got fairly high libidos, and not, your your sex drive, your um your timetables don't always match up. You know, so um and that you know that drive has to be fulfilled. So um, what other way to yeah. do it than that? And and sometimes I think it's you know it is useful. To, oh, it's not useful. It's um healthy to have to to have that kind of that moment to yourself and mm-hmm. and uh, to to enjoy it. I mean, yeah. I need to get better at doing that for myself. But I know that I think she's got quite healthy um a healthy uh technique yeah and do you know why it's probably because she talks to her friends about it that's the thing you know yeah, like guys don't really talk about this stuff we have to it, mm-hmm. even even me like with a sex podcast i have to kind of put extra energy into talking to someone about it because it's like a, there's all these barriers that have been built up you know yeah. we don't talk about wanking yeah um yeah um photographic treasures one in the chat i now you you all know why i'm reading this out the uh, comment is what is the average now that you're over 30 now this is my last ig live <laughs> in my 20s so i'm going to not answer this because i'm not over 30 <laughs> this time next week i will be but yeah just you man. yeah just me what's my average masturbations per week my ratio right well um you know what lately it's been pretty low actually uh i when was the last time i masturbated three days ago actually to be honest with you um and it's been a mix of just yeah i'm quite busy at the moment and uh yeah i've also had my colleague uh, working in my flat because work from her you know the whole everything's been locked up so he comes here a lot so kind of like my midday uh release became a little yeah. bit uh i'm not going to pretend that i still didn't do it while he was i don't know if he i, I can see he's not on the chat right now but i totally walked <laughs> in, I was like, I'm, I'm just gonna have a call you <laughs> know Honestly, my average right now, oh, there's 15 times a month, maybe, uh, you know, cause some days two, three times, maybe, maybe it's the same as once every second day, but I think honestly, some day, some weeks I'll do it three times in a day and won't do it for four days, five days. Uh, and then some very rarely do it three times in a day anymore, twice a day max. But, uh, yeah, so I'd say 15 times a month, uh, a month is where I'm at. Okay. Yeah. Well, what about I'm you not guys? over 30, but I'm going to answer. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, please do. Yeah. Well, how, uh, I, how old are you? Because that might be quite interesting. 24. 24, 24. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I uh, also kind of similar situation to Matt, really. I've been very busy, so I don't really mm. um, masturbate, masturbate very much um, at the moment, particularly because I just feel like I don't have the time. Um, and, I'm, and I'm trying to stay away yeah. from the, the whole bus one out thing and try yeah. and so to take my time when I do do it. So it yeah. means that I don't have as much time to do it. Um, so I would probably say uh, the last time I did it was like two days ago, I think, and probably yeah, maybe three times a week, on a, in a good week recently, anyway. But um, you're but are you you're in a relationship? So I mean, how many times? Yeah. Uh, how many times are you having sex as well? Because it's 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 we're talking about ejaculation because sure. there's a correlation to getting um, prostate cancer, uh, and basically if you masturbate between sorry between the ages of twenty five and forty, if you masturbate more than twenty one times in a month, which is I honestly is quite a lot actually. Uh, you you reduce your chances of getting prostate cancer by thirty three percent or something like that after seventy. Right. So sorry, Jack, I interrupted you. What, how many times have you had, how much have you had sex, mate? Fill us in. Um, yeah, so I, I don't. It, really, it varies from week to week. It depends yeah. on and how busy we are and if our timetables match up. It generally is probably two to three times as well. Yeah, I'd say. And obviously, that's more more likely to happen on the weekend than it would during the week. 
Yeah, sort of lucky boy, lucky boy. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think that's pretty. I think that's pretty, pretty, pretty solid. Uh, I think that's a pretty healthy relationship, to be honest. I mean, but you know, it's yeah. one of those things. Everyone, you know, you, when when you talk about that topic, it's it's like, yeah, you have great weeks. You have weeks when you actually don't have sex at all. But I think looking at it from a monthly perspective is probably a bit more kind of like you know re- realistic, right? So I think yeah, when I've been in past relationships, it's been around that number. Um, yeah, sometimes a bit too low. Um, other other weeks, you make up for lost time. <laughs> exactly yeah it's so hard to give an average because it does vary depending on the week depending on the month you know it, it, sometimes you can sometimes it can be like a period where one of us is feeling down and we just don't want to have sex and then the next month we'll be you know at it like rabbits kind of thing it's uh it, it completely varies so i think that's a good point brett to mention and like reinforce the point you just said about relationships as men right because yeah. again you know we are also told that we're meant to be the sexually the more sexually interested ones our libidos are higher and there is a real thing called the sex discrepancy, uh, which basically is that men, you know, the, the discrepancy between partners in a relationship and one wants more. And that's not always from men to women. And in the sense that they want more, it can be role reversal too. hundred percent depends on the person stage of their life, right? Men tend yeah. to have a low t- testosterone when they are stressed and therefore they have a lower libido. I've definitely gone through phases where I, and again, it comes down to communication, right? Where I said to my, my partner, I was like, Hey, uh, I think you're going to have to initiate because, you know, like I'm, 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 I, I, and then I started to worry and get like mental health issues personally, honestly, because anxiety around it, because I was like, I was typically a little bit of the instigator. And uh, even though she would still do that, but I, you know, I think I would always just get there first. Right. And, and read the cues and things like that. But yeah. it was that period. And I was worried, Oh God, you know, uh, she, she might, you know, being ridiculous, want, want it from someone else or, or not think of me as a man or less of a man because I'm not throwing her over my shoulder and walking her into the bedroom, right? Which is, again, another sort of uh, negative stereotype of, of, of the male bravado mindset that we're meant to, meant to believe in. If I'm not throwing her down and making her come every single time, then I'm not a man. She's going to run off. Um, when in reality, then there were other times when she was the opposite. So to your point, Brett, like, I think also for, for men to understand that, but also for men and women to understand that, like we have high months and low months and uh, have the, the more you communicate about that, the better, right? Like I'm in a period of low uh, libido versus high libido and just communicating that with your partner, noticing, I, mm-hmm. I realized the last four days, I really haven't wanted it. And I had that unfortunately with a partner as well, which had lasted a very long time. But we started to speak about it a little bit too late, to be honest, because uh, I didn't know about it for a very long time until this person brought it up. And I was like, hold on a minute, what? This is big. Uh, how can I help you with this? Should we talk to someone? You know, get in, and this person even had some tests and those, and that proved that they were actually a, was a medical issue actually. Anyway, right. talk to your partner. Yeah, yeah. I, I've had I've had problems with this in the past, and I I predict having problems with this in the future. Um, when I obviously uh, I'll I keep banging on about it, but my history as a sex addict, uh, obviously my most of my relationships start very sex orientated um and i have i have yeah a lot of sex and you know my libido super high um and then when i sort of get into a relationship and i i kind of settle down a bit more um my libido goes and sometimes just vanishes sometimes like i don't want to have sex at all for a long period of time my partner i was with i was in a relationship where the last year we had sex maybe twice Mm. um and it was all me all me my libido was just gone um I couldn't figure it out. And obviously it's, it's always related to stress and stuff. And I'm an idiot and I take on too much work. So I'm constantly stressed. Um, but, uh, I got some really good answers. Um, at the end of last year where my counselor told me to do my, uh, love language test. So do you mm. guys know about this? Mm. There are five, yeah. five love languages. 
Um, and there's a little test online. You can check it out. Just give it a Google. Five Love Languages. There's a test you can do um, where it kind of tells you what yours is. Uh, and it's like gift, gifts, gift giving is one. Um, yeah. Physical quality time, affirmative language, and there's a fifth one which someone in the chat will tell me. Um, and yeah, and I basically did mine. And I was like, well, mine's obviously going to be physical because I'm a fucking sex addict. So, so it's obviously going to be really high. And it came back 0% physical. And my highest one was quality time, which made so much sense to me because when I'm in love with someone, I'm in a relationship, I don't want to have sex with them as much as I want to just be around them all the time and just hang out with mm. them. Um, and it completely made me figure out like why I go from like wanting sex and no hangout time when I'm just hooking up with someone and then completely flipping that when I'm in a relationship because my love language kicks in. Um, so yeah, I thought that was super interesting and it really explained why I've had problems with my libido in relationships. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that is really interesting. I should do that test because I, I heard about that recently actually, but, mm. but yeah, I, mm. I didn't realize it was a test for it. It's that. really cool. Yeah. And then it's again remembering that, you know, your sex, like, like I posted earlier, your sex, it's your, your sex life is a life of sex. You're yeah. not going to be at your A game all the time. You're not going to be killing it. And bear in mind, you know, if that rolls into a month or two as well, in the grand scheme of things, that's still like minute. And, you know, I, I, I yeah, like you said, Jamie, as well, I had periods where I was, I, my libido was gone for months, for like literally two, three months. And I was like, shit. But obviously, like, it's one of those things where it, when it's not there, you don't miss it also you know your partner's not like in my partner wasn't exactly like you know nudging me every night being like what the hell uh it was more just me saying hey and then actually me feeling like i needed to just do things to her because to make up for the fact so it was i was like doubly affecting myself but uh you know again remembering that you know your sex life is a life of sex so you know managing it if it becomes a problem too long of course and you know but also realizing that you're not always going to be at your a game there'll be it's peaks and troughs peaks and troughs yeah for sure yeah, I, bringing it back to the to the the guys, you know, talking about sex thing as well. That's where the destructiveness comes from. That's where the damage comes from. Is when we aren't there to like, you know, provide a massively erect penis for our partners. It means we're lesser men, right? That's what you know. Yeah. We're we're taught to think that, right? Yeah. Um, if there's a girl that wants to have sex with you and you don't want to, you're not feeling it. Then you know, there's something wrong with you as a guy. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, that's the thing that needs to we need to get rid of. And sort of going back to the like the sex, the the kind of male sex positivity revolution, which I've now decided to brand it. Um, I think Jack. What we're doing, in, boys. in the chat. Yeah, let's do it um, this way. <laughs> follow me. Um, uh, yeah, I think we've had you know we've had the the female um, pleasure positivity discussion. We've had a few decades of that, which is great. Now um, we've had probably let's say coming up to a decade of the like male mental health good chats right we're having a lot of yeah. like influential people in like you know the football space which is when you know it's really getting through to like all kinds of men um about mental health and they're taking it really seriously so now maybe it's time yeah for the sexual one um you know now we've now we're all good with mental health let's talk about men's sexual yeah. health can I ask? I mean, we'll still need some some work, I think. But oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm not but, saying leave it. <laughs> no, <laughs> just leave it there. We'll move on. <laughs> but I think there are so many there are so many uh, potential positives from um, male sex positivity becoming more of a thing um, and being advocated for, especially in regards to stuff like um, sexual harassment, sexual assault, all these things that we're seeing, like these headlines that keep coming up recently about. Like 97% of women have, uh, by the time they're 25, have experienced some form of sexual harassment or assault. Mm, mm. They're, they're horrifying numbers. And I, I seriously believe that, that if you created a society where talking about sex and relationships and that was way more uh, 
encouraged for men, that kind of thing would not happen nearly as much. Mate, that is exactly what I've been thinking recently. That uh, again, my little theory is about learning learning to control or understand your libido and work with it. Younger and earlier, you're less likely to make those decisions. Like I'll put my hand up and say I've like I you know I pride myself on being a gentleman, but I've definitely made some bad decisions when uh, you know when I'm like I, if I was looking at myself in that scenario right now, I'd be like, well, dude, like you should have stopped. You should have stopped now, like you know, and then you should have not not that I've got myself into any trouble or anything bad. I've managed to stop myself, but like the fact that I got that far into sort of being a bit a bit pushy or whatever, shocking when you think about it. It's all about yeah. post yeah, anxiety, yeah. and and like if I'd learn how to, you know, obviously with the influence of alcohol as well and guys being idiots, you know, it's inevitable, unfortunately. But if we, yeah, Brett, hundred percent agree with you, mate. That if we could just talk about this more openly, guys could understand how to work with their libidos. I feel like it's a bit of a ticking time bomb for some men. Now, again, not all men, yeah. right? That's, the, that's sure. the principle of this. But unfortunately, some uh, don't understand this. There's no control. There's no understanding. And then, you know, shit hits the fan and they do terrible things. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, I think, I think a lot of the problems, I've, I've spoken about this before and gotten my fair share of hate uh, on my Instagram about this, the, the whole not all men thing. But I think um, a fair share of this uh, kind of damage is coming from lad culture and yeah. you know lad culture one yeah. aspect of it is stemming from you know this kind of need to you know impress women pull birds you know like if you're like mm-hmm. this alpha male then you get more women um i'm having so much more sex and better sex now i'm in like a po- sexually positive mindset um if, if it took a lot of counseling for me to get there because of my addiction issues but like now i'm there like it's so much better like the way i can talk about sex the way i can hold myself the way that i have relationships i now build relationships around i have open relationships my current relationship is open relationship i build my relationships around wanting sex and it's super healthy like you can you can literally have your cake and eat it by by just learning how to communicate with yourself and others and i think that's the message we need to get to these people right to like you know I think that there'll be some lads watching things like, you know, the three of us talking, <laughs> being like, oh, they're talking about wanking on Instagram. They're not getting mm. any. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just, I don't know. Well, I mean, for one, it's not true. But like, if, if that, if you're kind of, when you enter the sexual space in a conversation, if you're kind of entering it from a, like, how can I have more sex? How can I impress girls? You know, that's, that's how this, these conversations are always aimed at people, you know, lads. Mm um let's let's talk about that as well yeah you can mm-hmm. you can have loads of sex you can have group sex if you have really healthy relationships you can have like orgies like yeah it's great um but you gotta learn how to not be a dick first <laughs> <laughs> but it's true yeah. man that's the first step for all men don't be a dick mm-hmm. because that, that's the thing. I, i've come down this route of like uh, on my own personal instagram about modern masculinity like what is it to be I've i've always felt very i'm a man i'm a proud man right like in that sense and uh, but i'm also in touch with like face masks and fashion and classical music and you know things <laughs> oh go you know like yeah yeah, kind of old school, yeah which is obviously a derogative term right you know not using this in the right sense but but it's um it's just it's just i'm like dude like you know i i know how to please a woman and i think i'm a charming guy and i and i respect that and i but i met I, I, it's not like by accident it's like a combination of efforts and understandings and being like more awoken to these things. And, and that's why this, this whole world that I'm getting into right now, I think is, I'm not trying to present myself as like the perfect modern man or ma- masculine, you know, but I just want to make that, like challenge the status quo. Because a lot of the conversation we're having right now is, a, is challenging societal expectations of us, right? Our parents, yeah. nothing, nothing against them or their parents, our grandparents, but they all grew up in a very black and white time 
where it literally it was, you know, our grandparents and before it was indoctrinated by religion. So you talk about why are these norms uh, evident? Why are we still living by them? Are you guys religious? No. Mm-mm. So why are we living by a religious doctrine that we should have been monogamous and all these things? I'm not trying to promote polygamy and all these things. All I'm trying to say is like, we, we live our lives by societal controls, which is what religion is. It's a societal control. How can you control a mass population to not eat, to kill each other and, you know, fight each other and, and, and do horrible things? You create these, these, these controls. Now, I'm not trying to get into a conversation like atheism versus uh, religion. I'm not Dawkins. But I just <laughs> want to say that we're living our, well, let's challenge these preset rules that we have lived our lives under. And I feel like we're very much in the sort of the, revolution generation where we're like you know well i'm probably too old for that now but like dead you know questioning all these especially with the way we 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 we, um identify now you know like all the different ways to identify and that's great that's definitely challenging you know the biological set 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 uh set sets of sexes Mm. let's do the same for men talking about sex yeah and everything else Yeah, and that's why we were so excited to talk to you, Brett, as well, because the demographical network, obviously, it's all but it's aimed at young people, you know. And there's not many things yeah. that are currently aimed at young people, um, and no, getting yeah. their voices heard. Yeah, and I mean, I think in terms of this topic, it's one of the important. I mean, there are so <laughs> at the demographical network we cover so many such a range of topics. It's hard to to always stay focused on one, but this is something that's particularly close to to my heart, and something that I've been particularly um uh you know engaged in and uh. I want to try and make a, some kind of a difference because I know that because I feel like it's had a negative impact on me growing up. And I think like I, obviously because of lockdown, I haven't had to many other sort of sexual experiences other than with my um, girlfriend. But we're also in an open relationship, just, so you know, sort of like a non-monogamous relationship. Mm. Um, and I would say that the out of all the people that I've slept with, it's only around 10, at least half, if not more, I regret and weren't, weren't positive experiences. So, Mm. and I, so I feel like obviously this, this talk about sex positivity and trying to get men to have more, because I I bet if you went out there and actually had tried to have a proper heart to heart with uh, any kind of guy, any young guy, maybe especially you wouldn't, be able to they might not be able to give you many positive sexual experiences other than ones perhaps in relationships because mm. if you're talking about it, i think this goes to towards the whole sort of casual sex um view as well um whether that's possible whether it's a it's um a thing that people can do without it you know hurting someone but which i, I believe it totally is but not if you've got the mentality that society is already uh pushing on us you need to have that that's that sexual uh positive uh um angle before mm. you before you can uh, attempt that kind of thing but yeah. society for some reason just pushes especially when you're growing up and you're going to college or uni the whole hookup culture is is um pushing you towards just diving in at the deep end and mm-hmm. uh you get all of your all of your moves or whatever from porn and then and that's it. You're good to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, off you go. Yeah, off you go. Disappointing everyone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. No, totally. And that then also yeah. only brings you down even further if you don't. You know, if you go into these situations thinking you know what you're going to do or you know what to do, and then you end up disappointing the person you're with, or you you or can't yourself. get it up, or for for yeah. whatever you know whatever may happen, all of those things are fine. You know, it's normal for that kind of thing to happen. You might not you know be able to get an erection because it might be. 
you might feel awkward, you might feel anxious, you might not really want to. There are mm. plenty of reasons and it's all they're all fine. You shouldn't feel like you need to have sex in that moment or whatever. Mm. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, no, totally. I completely agree. Yeah, I think um we do we get chucked out into the world ill equipped. Um yes. for a lot of things, you know, I don't know, I'd feel tax return still and then i'm 30 next week no one taught me that at school but also yeah like yeah how to have yeah healthy healthy you know conversations around sex and that's why i cheated on my first seven girlfriends Mm -hmm. because yeah i wasn't i didn't realize that there were you know i had this libido i had this sort of weird thing in my head of like you know being polyamorous and you know having feelings for girls that weren't my girlfriend and i would just beat myself up about it um you know but then if i had if i had a bloody good podcast called let's talk about shaming back then and you know heard heard more people talking about this and how other people yeah. feel this way and how it's possible to make those kinds of things work i think i would have had a lot more you know happier successful relationships everything links back to politics and education <laughs> if, yeah, if there was good sex education in this country yeah. or in any country because i think most countries in i don't think there are any countries that have a positive a sex positive society right now um I, maybe somebody can come change my mind i don't because mm. i'm not obviously fully aware it'll be of it'll be somewhere in europe that's for sure I yeah know, probably yeah. a scandinavian country yeah 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 <laughs> um, um, mate i can yeah. i can say that definitely not true in the scandinavian no, for sure yeah, yeah yeah but anyway carry on but yeah if we if we had a good sex education program in this country um then so many of these things would would change for the better and it's i believe it's probably because a lot of these politicians just are too embarrassed to talk about it in the first place anyway. They banned like face sitting porn a few years ago instead of trying to improve sex, sex education. Yeah. The yeah, priority right. was they, banning face sitting porn rather face, than sex face, education. Face sitting? Yes. Yeah. Uh, that specific uh, genre? <laughs> Yes, there's a specific genre yeah, for face sitting. I mean, there's a specific genre for everything. Yeah, in but, porn, no, but that's but, like, why yeah. would they pick that one? Like, it's just like, you know, I don't know. Ban? I, you know, mate, you know, I wasn't ready for what happened last weekend, so I'm banning this now. You know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is getting banned. Again. That's copping a ban right there. That's yeah, exactly. yeah. I think wow. it was one, one in like a group of of different categories. It's the one that stood out the most for me. Yeah, yeah, um, it's incredible. I, yeah, yeah. They I, can't. They, the way the way politics works, they can't. You know, the, they have to. Their entire like, uh, you know, backstory. Their entire life mm. is the thing that you're voting for. Unfortunately, not that not just their policies. So they wouldn't dare yeah. tell you that they watch porn. They wouldn't dare tell you that they smoke weed. You know, they wouldn't dare support sex workers. Um, I know but, sex workers that have had conversations with their local MPs where they've basically <laughs> said, "I support what you're doing, but I can't mm. support what you're doing because it, yeah. I can't." You know, people don't do this. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, but it comes comes down to the behind the closed doors, right? You know, those those politicians, you know, talking about masturbation and things like that. Well, I don't do that, you know. Uh, but they're banning, <laughs> you know, like I don't yeah. cite well. Uh, I subscribe to that one. But it comes down to talking about sex education. You know, it's like I've said this before, but I, I just want to always reiterate these points because I feel like we need to just drive these points home that we are uh, at the sex education we're given at school uh, of any is about how not to get an STD and how not to have a baby, right? Both of which are important, of course, but. When you talk about contraception and not having a baby, uh, that is like it, it, the three of us right now. And I mean, do you guys want to have kids? Yeah. No. Yeah. No, OK, well, so, yeah, what I'd like to as well. Right. So so the, the, the times the times I want to have sex for contraception are about point zero one percent of the times that I'm going to have sex in my life. So those ninety nine point nine percent of the times I'm having sex, it's for pleasure. Not for contraception mm. or, you know, conception yeah. or, or anything like that. So it's so important to focus on understanding pleasure. And pleasure also starts with yourself. 
right? And then we're going back full circle now to like understanding, you know, we all start having sex with ourselves. And probably in the end of our life, we probably end up having sex with ourselves anyway. Like we're the one consistent sexual partner we have our entire lives. Yet, yeah. do you know, do, do we all really know ourselves? Have we spent the time to understand ourselves? Again, going back to the female sex positivity, positivity movement, that is all about that, getting to know yourself. But like, have you ever, just saying to a mate, like, dude, have you, do you really know, you know, your penis and do you know your triggers? And Jamie and I, it was so fascinating to learn that I'm a, you know, I'm all about the bell end stimulation to, to receive, to, to, to achieve orgasm. The girl's like, okay, doing orgasm. So you pronounce that really funny. <laughs> what, what orgasm. To achieve the orgasm. Orgasm. <laughs> <laughs> kicking in. It's a German accent yeah, I love kicked it. in out of nowhere. It. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but Jamie's all about the, the mid-shaft, right? Fascinating. <clears throat> I didn't know that was any different. I thought all penises, yeah. it's all about... I want to know yours. I want to know yours, Brett. If you've Brett. got... Hang on. If we have like a diagram of your penis and there's like a heat map on where you want... Penis. <laughs> yes, I don't really have anything more accurate. So right. yeah, we have like a... My penis does not look like that. Oh, there you go. Yeah, Matt, <laughs> Matt, go on. Go on Matt. Right, Brett, tell us. Uh, face, bell end. Uh, Definitely more the the, the bell end. You're as well. the bell end too. I'm the bell end. Me, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't really feel much um, further down, really, no, to be honest. Same. Wow, wow. Uh, there you go. Are you circumcised? Mostly head stimulation. Mm. Are you circumcised? Uh, no. Okay. There no. you go. I am. Is my theory gone? <laughs> I, I honestly, Jamie and I, we should have a fun test. Brett, you should join us on this too. We're gonna call ten yeah. friends tomorrow and say, "Hey, mate, quick one." Uh, yeah, what, what are you up to? I was playing with the kids. All right, quick one. When you masturbate, <laughs> bit that really gets you over the edge. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, it's, it's, but the more we talk, Jamie, the more we learn that, you know, uh, it's interesting because guys, you know, don't really know the differences. I, I just always thought it was the same. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I think it's similar to like, it varies from person to person. There's no one way for, for everyone. And it's the same thing for, for women. Um, like, yeah. the, you know, like we were talking earlier on the um, Q&A, we were saying that sort of women obviously can't necessarily come to penetrative sex. Some can, some need clitoral stimulation, some need whatever. Mm. Some women can come from their, their having their nipples um, yeah. stimulated. Yeah. And so can some men. It really varies um, depending on whoever you, you're with or whoever yeah. you are. And it's going to shift throughout your lifetime as well. You know, it's mm. going to depend on yeah. where you're at and who you're with as well. You know, some people, you know, can make you come like that. Sorry, not make you come, can help you come like that. And some people, it takes a while. It, you know, it's all kinds of things going on. Mm. Things that I don't think we even know about, you know. I yeah. don't believe in mm. like energies and auras, but I think there's something going on sometimes with, with some people, you know. They just, yeah. they just tend to, you know, have an easier time helping you come. Um, yeah. Um, Can I ask the, you guys a question? Oh, sorry, go on. Just a quick one. Sorry, Jamie. But uh, I, there's one conversation that you and I started before but we never finished, Jamie, which was the the squirting versus sputtering, right? What is <laughs> Sputtering. Not... Yeah, actually, to be honest, I Googled it. I was, uh, I, Way what, to make uh, it not hot. I know, I know. <laughs> the, 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 it, you know, when, when you uh, projectile ejaculate, right, um, versus yeah. the, the, you know, what is the norm? And what do you gentlemen do on a regular basis? I'm curious. Jamie and I have a brief conversation about this. Brett. Go on, Brett. You... you go first. Yeah, please. I don't, I don't know. I don't think I would describe it as either of those, really. I, just but then I don't out. know how to describe it without making it sound disgusting. <laughs> yeah, there's no nice way to put it. No, jump, jump in the deep end, mate. It's from, it's not like super high velocity, but <laughs> it's not gone. <laughs> no, no, it's not going to do any harm. But <laughs> well, depends on, depends on your nature of harm. But yes, <laughs> well, yes. It, but it also doesn't dribble out. It's not like I don't know. 
a tap. And then you have to, oh, for me, I find I have to squeeze the, the rest out. Like oh, I have yeah, to keep yeah. stroking to get most of it out. I think that's the thing. That's, 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 that's yeah, the same yeah. for me. Is the same for you, Matt? No. So to be honest with you, I, uh, I, 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 my, the projectile, it happens. It happens. And it happens when I'm building up during sex a lot, you know, and, and I'm holding, holding, holding back. And then I'll, you know, ejaculate on her or something like that. Then I definitely feel like it, it can go up to there when I'm on top of her, for example. But uh, if I'm masturbating, almost never comes out with any force at all, mm. ever. It just comes out with, uh, you know, with, it comes out, but it, there's no elevation. There's no, there's no angle. <laughs> there's no velocity. There's no, it's thrust, not setting any world records. It. That's what you're saying. It's not yeah. setting any world records. <laughs> it comes out, it, it does its thing. And, and I was actually, to be honest, I, I promised some facts on this. So I did a quick, I had 10 minutes of facts, uh, fact checking earlier. And, and I Googled that and I was like, this, and that's why I got the, the squirt versus the splutter, Jamie. And oh, nice. uh, actually, again, there was no, again, there's so little uh, amount of school of thought on any of these topics. Every time I Google a topic, it's like, well, you know, the, these mm. 35 men were tested in 19, you know, it's so few. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I don't really have anything conclusive other than like, it depends. And obviously, if you build up and if you wait longer, it, of course, it, it can come more. We know that there's the famous, you know, um, what's the movie, American Pie, when the dog and all these other things, and they fill up the, the donuts because the guys are coming a long time, you know. All of these things are based on real logic, but ultimately there's no real kind of scientific school of thought on why some guys eject, projectile ejaculate and others don't. Whereas porn, what do, you, what do you only see in porn? Literally 80% of porn is guys squirting everywhere. So yeah. I, I, I used to think when I was in my early, like early 20s and before that, I was like, fuck like have like have i got something wrong am i not fertile because i'm not yeah yeah great sound effect. I gonna, yeah Thank i you. was gonna say i wonder if it's got something to do with arousal like you 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 come at a, a faster velocity if you're more aroused and that's less likely to happen if you're masturbating than when you're actually in the heat of the moment with somebody else but then again that doesn't make much sense if you're saying that people that in porn porn stars generally squirt rather than but we yeah. can't base any of our logic on that so again actually True. on this thing i read now about the squirt versus splutter it says in porn you shouldn't see what you believe in porn porn apparently a lot of like some of it uh, is faked not you know i think probably it's quite hard to fake it now with 4k but a lot, some of it is faked but um they say that you know you know it's, it's a lot of it's like the guy hasn't it hasn't been allowed to like ejaculate or have sex for a week or something before the shoot and and then he's built up for like a lot of time before it and then it's like they do the money shot they call it at, like at the beginning almost like so like they do the end mm-hmm. shot where he like comes on her face at the end yeah. then they wait a little bit for him, like 20 minutes let him get himself together again and then he goes for like five hours you know and then yeah. they've already shot the big money shot so he doesn't have to worry about right. coming too soon or anything like that so again sex is performance it is entertainment it is not Born reality is performance yeah yeah. Born is performance. yeah 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 can i okay. ask you guys a question going back to the whole sort of post-nut clarity thing yeah. <laughs> post nut clarity what a nice way to put it that's way better than us, uh, us quoting Lil Wayne yeah go on then I think that's a term I've seen on like Reddit over and over again <laughs> when I after I've orgasmed I always have a burst of creativity for some reason <laughs> and like have to like either have to listen to music or have to play some music like as in have to play guitar or something wow. um, I, I can go for like an hour or two non-stop just doing that afterwards and i'm like i've got the like the drive to do it is that just me or <laughs> i no, i get something similar like yeah not a burst of creativity but i get a burst of 
uh, like clarity and like probably drive. I get mm-hmm. it's more of a more of a um, I get a relief from distraction. I think that's what it is. And like I've I've been in the middle of like creative projects and then been like right I need to go and quickly knock one out as Jack says I need to go and knock one out because then once once I've done that I can come back to this like mm-hmm. that's my that's where I go with it um, yeah hands up I did it before this to help me. <laughs> which hand yeah. up yeah <laughs> yeah I so actually so here's a here's a little drop I bought a tenger egg and it came yeah. in the post today and I was like I really don't want to be doing this before the IG live but I just got a tenger egg in the post so I want to try it have you seen these things makes it they are so weird. Wow. Yeah, check yeah. these out. They come in like little eggs. They literally, they literally, they are eggs like this. And it comes in that. Right. And it comes with like a sachet oh, of right. lube. And you like put lube in there. And then you like, it's basically like a really thick condom. And it's like a, it's like a sleeve, Matt. You love a yeah. sleeve. I love yeah. it. And it's really weird. But uh, yeah, huh. worth trying. They're really cute. You can buy them in dozens. It's really cute. Yeah. I <laughs> buy them in little like egg boxes. I like, I like the egg part of it. I feel like I'm in the future. Uh, you look like you're you look like you're fucking some sort of like embryo like from the yeah. sci-fi film it's all like weird and stretchy yeah I don't know try it out what, but how was what it? they made like I don't know, rubber silicon yeah. yeah they're like yeah I don't want to squeeze it too much because it makes a really horrible sound but like <laughs> it's like rubber yeah but, that, yeah. but how, right. how I have cleaned it was... by the way that noise wasn't it not being clean <laughs> uh but yeah tenger eggs there you go it's been on my like to try list for years uh the very first podcast recording i ever did was with a, a someone who worked in a sex shop and she told me about them and i was like what eggs mm. but yeah look them up I, I porn hub. people use them on Pornhub, so you can see what mm. they look like yeah. and it's real weird but i mean that just makes me <laughs> try more so, yeah. i'm gonna look into those i didn't know they were a thing do it mm. all right cool let's do as we wrap up let's do a quick fire round okay yep. while we're talking about it well while i'm on this topic um favorite male sex toy so uh, i haven't really had much experience with male sex toys because uh i I just not really got around to buying them so that's a difficult question for me um that's a lame excuse as well you need to go buy one after this yeah it is i probably should (laughs) i would the only ones that i've tried i've tried like a variety of cock rings i suppose oh yeah i've never tried one uh, actually yeah, it, it it really depends on the cock ring I found. Like okay. they don't all. Um, some of them are fine. Some of them are really heavy and just oh. like feel like a dis. Like they're just in the way. <laughs> but um, there are some that are decent. Like, there was one that was just kind of like a knot thing that you could use and that okay. that helped a little bit, but to achieve a better orgasm. But all right, nice. I haven't had much other experience. Is the purpose of a cock ring to? Because I mean, I remember the old school cock rings that was like a silver, like literally metal ring, iron ring, and then obviously you have rubber ones. I tried one once. It was like that. Remember that Durex one where it was like vibrating? It was like the rabbit, you know, kind of. It was like a little vibrating yeah. on top that sound on top, and it's like a rubber ring around the bottom. And I tried that one actually, um, but again, like it was many years ago, and it was a little bit awkward because I wasn't used to it, and you know, it was I was quite young as well, so it was like this is the craziest thing I'd done at the time. So I was like, <laughs> oh my god, I'm good for a few years now. <laughs> uh, I only ever really tried once, um, but uh, yeah. Wh- how? What? Wh- wh- I thought they were for her, but they're actually for for you. Yeah, it's meant to be like kind of like an edging thing to sort of stop you from 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 you know ejaculating too soon. Yeah. Um, and to to build up the the well, I don't know what you're doing really. The building up the the feeling and the yeah the the um yeah just just you know making it yeah. building up the, the whole process and so that you, you, yeah. the orgasm you eventually achieve is a is a building up building more up powerful one. yeah so wait do you come do you come while it's still on you or do you take it off 
Yes, but then I've only really successfully done it once. Okay. And it it was okay. It was okay. it was a better orgasm, but it wasn't something that I, you know, it's not it didn't feel like a game changer. Right, okay. So um, Jar ja, ja, ja Margaret says thicker and longer lasting erection. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. If something's like yeah, squeezing yeah. it, I guess yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, that's fair enough. Hard. Well that's that's part two set up then. We all need to go away and try one and come back and <laughs> report in. There you go. <laughs> beautiful all right cheers guys uh thanks yeah, guys go and check out the demographic network uh check out let's talk about sex jamie the podcast all right the podcast. love you bye. <laughs> love you bye. bye hello everyone it's me jamie and i've got an important announcement to make all right this podcast is now sponsored by better help now anyone who's been listening to the podcast for the last however long it's been knows that I've been shouting about this company for years, since day one. One of our first episodes was a counselling session with me and my counsellor from BetterHelp, um, and I've been on it for years now probably like coming up to like four years i think maybe five years i've been on it um getting counseling um on a weekly basis and i love it and yeah anyone who knows me anyone who's spoken to me about mental health stuff over the years um or has listened to this podcast knows that i'm a massive fan of better help and uh what they offer so they are sponsoring this podcast now which is cool which means we have a discount link um, you get 10% off if you go to betterhelp.com forward slash let's talk about sex Jamie there's a link in the bio and yeah so one of my favorite things about better help better help they keep telling me to pronounce it properly because my because of my accent I don't say T's very well um, better help better help H-E-L-P are an American company and I really like that because I'm based in London and the time zones kind of match up quite nicely so that I can get a lot of my counselling like in the evenings um, and after work and stuff which is really cool but yeah another part of them being American means they've given me a big old document to read as part of this advert for them so I'm going to go through and do that American podcasts are really good at this they're used to reading out advertisements I think but um, I'm not sure uh, it's really the same flavour as English podcasts but let's find out shall we so i'm going to read through this thing that is completely not scripted and completely my own words is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals hosts inserts personal experience um anyone who listens to the podcast knows that i've had counseling for a bunch of different reasons most recently uh sex addiction um before then anger management before then anxiety and depression stuff uh, i got a bit of cbt um yeah and better help gives you access to all those things which is super cool um and yeah i don't need to i don't really need to go on about how good counseling is do i to you know achieve your goals um, uh, BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. Yeah, it's really cool. It's a bit like Tinder for therapists. You, you put in like your problems, <laughs> the things that you want to talk to someone about, and then it comes up with all these different counsellors who um, specialise in that area, and you can kind of read a little bio and like read their reviews and stuff and pick which one's for you. That's really cool. I've gone through like probably, probably about 14 counsellors in my time on BetterHelp, um, and yeah, it's really it's really nice. It's quite, quite exciting, actually, meeting a new counsellor. So yeah, there's a bunch of different people in there. Um, you can start communicating in under 48 hours it's not a crisis line it's not self-help it is professional counseling done securely online yeah it's um it's actual therapy and uh for me living in london especially um i think it's the same for like most major cities out there therapy in-person therapy is really expensive um this gives you that but you know at the kind of whenever you want to do it it's all online and you can do like you know video voice or text chat um and it's way cheaper than seeing someone in person so um yeah it's actual proper like therapy uh online securely online 
There is a broad range of expertise available which may not be locally available in many areas. Also true, very good point. The service, I mean, you know, me, because these are my own words, I'm not reading a script. The service is available for clients worldwide, because it's on the internet. You can log in to your account anytime and send a message to your counsellor, which I often do. Sorry, Heather. I send messages at all, at all points in, in the day and night. Um, it's pretty good for that. You can also um, mark them as urgent, which is quite nice. I think a lot of people, when they think about online counselling, they kind of think, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, it's like a bit distanced. Like you're not completely like fully in touch with your counsellor. But um, I think, you know, with it being online, you're more in touch with them and you can mark messages as urgent if you want like a, a quicker response. Um, yeah, which is really cool. So yeah, you can send them messages at any time. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses, plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. Yeah, that, that is good. Um, yeah, you can really fit it around your schedule. It's awesome. I like to go for walks and have calls. Um, I used to do video chats with my counsellor. Now I do text chats, like live text chats. It's a bit like being on MSN. It's very fun. I've just shown my age there, haven't I, by talking about MSN. Moving on. Better help is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counsellors as needed. That's true. I've jumped between loads of counsellors. Um, when it wasn't really working out, I just kind of sack them off and on to the next one. It's, it's a bit like dating apps for counsellors. Probably shouldn't say that. They probably won't like that. It's more affordable than traditional offline counselling and financial aid is available. That is true. This is hands down. I'm fully, I've, I've properly looked everywhere because um, I've got a lot of friends who are broke <laughs> but want counselling. This is hands down the cheapest way I've uh, found, uh, the cheap, cheapest like access to counselling i found. Um, yeah, and if you are struggling, there are buttons you can press to get um, further discounts and stuff. And obviously use our code, uh, what is it? Betterhelp.com forward slash. Let's talk about sex Jamie and you get 10% off. That's really cool. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. How American was that? There's a catchphrase. Love it. Love a catchphrase. Love a tagline. Visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. Hosts can read some testimonials from here. Um, I'm not going to because I think my entire podcast <laughs> is a testimonial, testimonial to BetterHelp. Uh, yeah, I'm a massive advocate for it. As you guys know, always have been. I think everyone should get counselling whether you feel like you really need it or not. Um, it's always good to check in. And yeah, BetterHelp is by far the best platform I've found for counselling. And all the people that I've recommended to it over the years uh, have said the same thing. They, they like it. So yeah, visit BetterHelp help.com forward slash let's talk about sex jamie that's <laughs> better help h-e-l-p and join the over one million people oh my god who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional nice in fact so many people have been using better help that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states that's the thing as well if you're a counselor and fancy a bit of like online counseling work they're also looking to hire you Special offer for, podcast name, listeners, get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com forward slash let's talk about sex Jamie. Oh yeah, there we go. All right, I'm super proud that um, this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. As you guys know, I'm a huge fan of the service and I have been using it for years. I intend on using it for many years and I really want people to try out um, counseling like this because I think it's really cool and it's really easy to like fit around our busy lives and it's cheap as well and even cheaper with discount code betterhelp.com forward slash let's talk about sex jamie how'd i do was that all right that felt okay it didn't feel too like sell out anyway love you bye